Welcome to This Gen podcast. With me today, This Gen Fellowship participant, the set designer Eko Jo from Toronto, and her mentor Mimi Lien, the world class set designer from New York. Welcome, and how are you both doing? I'm doing okay. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm I'm doing as well as can be right now, and I'm happy to be here. Thank you. As this is an audio creation, I would like to get our listeners to a place that I would like to ask you this question. If we haven't had this pandemic and we would meet in person, where would you like we meet? And this place could be also emotional, as you are both set designers. <laughs> oh, I think it would be nice if it's in Mimi's studio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. I mean, I'm going to say what may seem like a boring answer but is like i i just love a good cafe you know like and that's one of the things i maybe miss the most right now and um i all through college i worked in a coffee shop and so it's kind of my second home oh nice <laughs> so i would meet, i would meet in a nice cozy coffee shop i also like i do go to like a lot of cafe for work and you know having coffee chat with directors and that but i'm just Very curious about Mimi's studio. That's all. <laughs> It's very messy. <laughs> I would uh, go to the theater center cafe. This is where I do my meetings yeah. usually when I'm meeting with people. Mm. Yeah, that's a great yeah. space. Um, teas are really good. The cookies are so good, and the atmosphere is really nice. And they always have some kind of exhibition out there in the cafe, which is really nice. I also really appreciate it when there is a theater with a cafe or cafeteria next to it, which adds something to the vibe of the theater. So let's go there. Great. Yeah. Eko, um, I would like to know how did you get involved in this Gen Fellowship? Um. So I came back from China in 2019, and I was unsure about my future plan and my future career. So I was thinking about what to do for the next step. And then I thought, why not posting about this Gen Fellowship? And I just applied. I think it was a really great opportunity for me to figure out about myself and what art I want to do. Yeah. And in my meeting with uh, Ravi and Marianne. They told me that they wanted to give me an international mentor as well. That's when they tell me about Mimi, and I was like, "Yes, yes, hundred <laughs> percent." Mimi, what has been the role of mentorship in your own life in general? Mm, yeah, yeah. Like, there's two people that come to mind. One is a set designer named Christine Jones. So I came to the theater very late. It was really not until after college that I even thought about uh, theater, and it was really through design. So my background was in architecture, and the theater was a way for me to to create spaces, you know, in this particular context. So I just didn't know anything about theater, um, and uh, and so it was really so. So in terms of like knowing who other set designers were. Um, I didn't know a whole lot about like famous set designers or people in the field, but I ended up meeting Christine, and she happens to be a female set designer. Which, you know, as we know now, like at certain levels of theater, it's not the majority for sure. I assisted her for one summer while I was in graduate school, and just felt a real 
closeness. Like she's never really been a formal mentor to me in in a way. And we really only connected during this one summer um, when I was working as her assistant. But somehow spiritually, I felt like hers was a path that I wanted to follow. And she kind of recommended me for my first job. And so I, I sort of think of her as like a little bit of a fairy, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> very, very godmother. I mean, she's not really much older than me, so godmother is not the right term. But she's always been a kind of beacon for me. And then I guess the other person that comes to mind is my mom, who, you know, she taught computer science at a university. And um, so she was a working mother. And... You know, I do remember her constantly coming back home to, like, cook me dinner and then going back to teach and just seeing that growing up and seeing a woman who was doing computer science in the 70s, which was very rare. She was, like, the only female in her department, multiple schools. So, you know, science and that, like, something that traditionally, um, you know, people think that men are better at. So as I was pursuing architecture, like I always was really interested. I loved math and physics. And so that felt like um, it was something that I constantly was seeing as I was growing up. I also started very late in theater. I was already 30. And uh, mentorship really opened for me many doors and the mentorship I had took really different forms. It depends on the project, on the person who's mentoring me. And I'm really curious to know about your relationship with ECO. What is the nature of your relationship, of this mentorship? Yeah, I mean, I got, so we had an initial conversation where we got to know each other. And I think I asked ECHO what her goals were during that. But even before that very specific question, I understood that she has been working as a lighting designer and as a stage manager. But really was least confident about set design, something that she had done in college and hadn't really done too much professionally since then. And it became very clear to me that, you know, she really wanted to have more exposure, just like more practice, you know, just in doing. And I am a person who really believes in learning through doing, like, just doing something and just getting it out there and not feeling too precious about it. Like, I I feel like there's a huge value in that. So, um, And for you, Echo, was it clear for you what you wanted to get from this mentorship? Um, It became very clear to me when the pandemic happened uh, because it's supposed to go differently uh, that I was supposed to work on a project. But when the pandemic happened, why not tell me that we're going to restructure the whole fellowship? That became very clear to me. This is a program that designed for me, like indiv- for individual artists. That's when I started taking focus on what I want to do or like what I desire to get out from this fellowship program. Uh, so it became very clear to me and I, I set like specific goals that I want to, want to learn and I want to, want to be mentored on. Yeah. yeah. Mimi, you mentioned your mom was a working mother. And you're an artist, you work different hours. It's not like the regular, typical nine to five job. It's very challenging. And I know that you have a twin. They are two years old. We were talking about parenting, especially for artists, female artists. We always 
have this question, where to start with the change? What do we ask institutions or organizations or the government to support female artists in their career who started a family as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, there's, there's, I think, different levels to answering that question. I think that there's, there's kind of an immediate solution, which could definitely help which would be childcare, and in the U.S., the childcare situation is terrible. There's, there's no governmental subsidies at, at all. And so, you know, on the one hand, you say that the schedule of the theater artist is irregular and challenging. I mean, on the one hand, it's sort of helpful because I, I am a freelance person, so I can make my own hours, so I'm flexible to a degree. But then there are the demands of tech rehearsal, which you know, stretch for many, many hours a day. And so then therefore requires some more childcare. So, I mean, I think one immediate solution could be like subsidized childcare, but the second might be to kind of rethink the schedule that theater is made on, you know, like, do we really need 10 out of 12s? You know, like 12 hours, I think, you know, people stop being productive at a certain time. And I've worked at theaters in New York that are trying to create rehearsal practices that are more sustainable for people. And like at that theater, we did eight hour tech days every day and we got, we got it all done. You know, it's like, and, and it was great. And everyone felt, I think, much more healthy and less tired. And I think what that requires is a commitment by the theater uh, that, you know, maybe the tech process is going to last a week and a half or two weeks instead of one week. And and the theater has to build that into the budget and not be counting on ticket sales for that additional week, you know. And I think you can plan for that kind of thing. I can relate to that, especially when I moved from Belgium to uh, Toronto. I found these weeks different uh, between here and there. It's really very short here, the time given to a production. It affects the technical um, schedule. And I completely agree with you. After eight hours, you can't really function anymore. Let's hope this will change in the future. Uh, So I had a chance working in China and the working hours were just not, it's not a thing because you are there 24 seven. So because they have the resource, they have the money, they can afford you to work 16 hours a day you know that after certain hours everybody just like not there anymore and it's not very efficient and it was just a waste of time a waste of energy yeah echo in this fellowship you're almost done with your phase one and there is phase two how do you see the fellowship will change or will influence your future um i came in the fellowship when i started with mimi i had a very specific goal of what i want to achieve And I think I'm actually doing it and I'm getting comfortable with my craft and getting more confident uh, with my craft every day. And that's what I'm so excited about because I feel like I finally can say that I am a set designer because I have what it takes. Yeah. Did you already know you want to be a set designer when you went to college? Yeah. Before I went to college, I already know that I wanted to do set design. But it is unfortunate yeah. I didn't get to do much. Yeah. How do you think of uh, a set designer's relations with the director? Because I heard you talking with uh, Mimi in, during the session, and I'm really curious about that. Um, I think for the relationship between the set designer and the director is that 
you really have to click with the designer on dramaturge level because set design is, has the dramaturge approach, you're designing the environment. Um, so on that level, it has to be, be able to communicate with the director's uh, vision. Yeah. I see set design in theater is really very important, especially that the experience of spatiality and space. Theater is all about that. We are in this room and we are all either audience or actors or everyone experiencing and together sharing this speciality. It's really essential and I feel the set design role as important as the playwright and the director. Um, of course, it varies if the production is experimental or text-based. And uh, I want to know from you, Mimi, from your experience, did your role as a set designer shift based on the project? <laughs> it's an interesting question. I mean, yes and no. I think my gut response would actually be no because of what you just said because this is the thing about the, the like the experience of theater is a group of people in a space and that never changes so whatever the project is you are dealing with that and like what should this space be um, and how should it operate um, but depending on how we all determine, you know, the whole team determines that it should operate, then, you know, this, the minutia of my role does shift and sway. Um, and also, I guess one, depending on how the piece is made, maybe this is one way where it really is different. So the role of the set designer when you're working on a devised work. So in that case, you're starting out with a group of people and there's no script, then your contribution, you know, like whatever you, you decide to say or do as a set designer is sort of almost like you're just another person in the room, basically. You're another theater artist, and you're not necessarily focused on just designing the set. So I, I think in a way the, the beginning of the role is different, um, the role of the set designer in a, in a devised process, because because you're all creating this thing together from scratch as opposed to responding to a script or a score. Yeah, so you are all together the makers of the piece. Or yeah, That's right. Eko, where do you get your inspirations for the set designs? The inspiration, if you are designing a piece, uh, the inspiration comes from the script. That's uh, because that's the foundation of the show, of the play. Um, and then uh, just from your daily life, the artwork you've seen and your personal experience. I think the personal experience, it does inspire your creation. Yeah. Yeah. And for you, Mimi? Yeah, I, I was going to say like kind of the world. Like I, I feel like the theater is really a vessel that contains you know, everyone's responses to what's going on in the world. So many, so many things. And of course, it varies from project to project. But anytime that I'm walking around and see something or think of something, I kind of think like, oh, like, what would that be like if that were turned into a performance and framed in some way, you know, um, or, or I just catalog like something that I see as interesting and draw upon it later. Um, 
inevitably things I'm like, oh, I remember that thing. It feels like it connects to this thing. So it's all about connection. So for me, it's about just being like open to receiving everything that I'm experiencing in the world. Do you collect images or on a notebook or sketches? Uh, I collect images. Yeah, so I collect a lot of um, photographs. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I would say the thing that I collect the most is probably photographs. I have an image repository or archive and I take a lot of photographs also. Um, I'm like more of a three-dimensional person, so I tend, I tend not to do a lot of sketches. I feel like the things that I'm writing in my sketchbooks are more thoughts and writing, and then the images, like, I, yeah. Eko, mm -hmm. you are a newcomer to Canada, or you've been here for a long time? I've been here for 10 years. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And is this the first time you do an internship or fellowship? Uh, this is my first fellowship, but I had a few mentorships from the past from assisting senior designers. Or like uh, at school, in the final year, you have this uh, kind of like a co-op opportunity. Like you call like outreach um, call. So you can go to other companies or assistant uh, other designers to earn that school credit. Mm -hmm. If we will look back 10 years ago and you would say something to the younger Echo, what you would say? I would say you have nothing to worry about. Great. Yeah, I would say like, there's nothing to worry about. Yeah. <laughs> I won't really keep you longer. My final question to you, I'm, I'm really curious about your projects, what you are busy with now or future projects. Mm -hmm. Um, I am working on a couple of projects right now. I am working on a new musical about the suffrage movement, um, which was supposed to premiere this fall, but is now, who knows when it will happen, but maybe sometime in the spring. Um, uh, it will be at the Public Theater and was composed by Shana Taub. Um, and then the other thing that I'm in the middle of designing, I'm staring at the model right now, is a new opera called Intelligence, um, composed by Jake Heggie, that will be at the Houston Grand Opera in fall, October of 21, hopefully. <laughs> and uh, it's based on a true story about a female slave who was kind of placed in the Confederate White House um, towards the end of the Civil War and was instrumental. She actually was well-educated she could read and so but they didn't know that she could and so she um, collected all this information and was instrumental in helping the north win the civil war and her story is really well known at all so yeah so i'm excited about that that's really interesting and for you echo um i'm hopefully will continue to tour mr shi and his lover in 2021 if it will happen uh, and uh, there are a few small projects that's in workshop and development. Then we just don't know when that's going to happen, but hopefully it happens next year. And uh, mostly I'm just working on this fellowship. Definitely there is a lot of uncertainty, but let's hope next year will be better and things will be clear. Thank you very much for this lovely conversation. And I wish you both Thank you a so good much day. for having Thank us. Thank you.
That was this channel podcast created by Rima Jabber. If you would like to know more about this channel fellowship, please check Why Not Theatre website at whynot.theatre. Thank you.